Looks like some kind of insect. A bee. Bees, Scotty. Killer bees. Are you endowing these bees with human motives? Do you have any idea what those bees can do? The honeybee is vital to the environment. Oh, no, not the bees! Not the bees! Welcome to Killer Bees. This is not a Wu-Tang podcast. No, this is a podcast where we profile B-movie and genre film icons. My name is Garrett Smith. And my name is Tori Potenza. We can be found everywhere on the internet at Killer Bees Podcast. That's Killer BS Podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and at gmail.com. And uh, we're a part of Movie John's Podcast Network, which can be found at moviejohn.com. That's the Philadelphia John, J-A-W-N. Our artwork is by Alex Schneider. Our music is by Christine Rayburn and her partner, Pat. And today we're continuing our discussion of Karen Black. Yeah. Very excited. Mm -hmm. We uh, watched some movies for this and uh, half watched at least one. Yeah. Ten minutes in and I couldn't do it. There was not enough weed in the world that could have made that (laughs) palatable to me. I'm excited to talk about the ten minutes that we saw. Yep. Uh, have we watched anything worth talking about in between episodes? Yeah, uh, we watched Beyond the Black Rainbow. Oh, yes. Uh, which, uh, I don't know exactly what day it will be released, but I got to guest on a podcast, um, with, uh, Amber, who is, uh, Horror Blood Fire on Instagram. She posts a lot of cool um, stills of, like, interesting movies she finds. Tons of movies that, like, I haven't heard of. So I always, like, save her posts and, like, try to remember, like, oh, I got to get back to that and, like, add that to my letterbox and stuff. But we talked about Beyond the Black Rainbow, um, and it was so much fun. She's so cool, and we both really loved this movie. So we had, like, a ton of stuff to talk about. What's her podcast called? Uh, I actually don't know. So it hasn't launched yet. Oh, so okay. she's like, she has like a couple that she's done. And so what's is... her uh, handle on Instagram? So people can Horror Blood Fire. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I said it. I know. I'm, I'm just like <laughs> uh, making sure people know where to find oh, okay. this as you're talking about yes. it and plugging it. Yeah. So yeah, she, that's her on Instagram. And uh, yeah, I think that should be up uh, shortly as she figures stuff out. But cool. we're, I'm very excited for her podcast. And uh, yeah, it was... Uh, a crazy movie to talk about because yeah. it's uh, Panos uh, Cosmatos, yes, the director uh, of Man, which we love. Yes, um, and you had seen this years ago. Yeah, I saw this at the Philadelphia Film Festival yeah. whenever it came out, which was like 2012 or was it yeah. even earlier than that. I can't, I can't remember. I forget. It's it's been like I got it right here. It's been a couple. It's been like quite a few years. Because um, one of the 2010. things, 2010, yeah. So yeah. it's like you know, uh, how long is that now? Is that 2010? Yeah, 11 yeah. years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which we talked a lot about. Just like, oh man, he's gonna be one of these like filmmakers that I love, and I'm just like waiting for his next project, which will probably be in 10 years. I, I hope not, but <laughs> yes, yes, I know. Uh, yeah, and this is like one of those movies that I just kind of like the like experience of, even yeah. though I don't know if I totally know what's going on in this movie yeah i just like 
Yeah, I, I was trying to explain, like, I had this calming effect when the movie turned on, where I was like, even though there's, like, weird, crazy stuff and chaos and all of these things going on, like, there's something about his movies that just are, like, have this calming effect on me, where I'm, like, fully dropped in to, like, whatever shit's about to go down, and I think that's, like, a really cool feeling. Yeah, Panos Cosmatos is a vibe. He is a vibe, will. yeah. 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 Uh, and, yeah, this had a lot of similarities to Mandy, which was, like, kind of fun to- Totally. dissect a little bit more deeply as well. Yeah, so. it was interesting getting to revisit this movie in the wake of Mandy, which is a movie I've yeah. rewatched like four or five times probably. Yeah. Uh, and seeing like, I mean, there are some images that are almost like identical between the two movies. And so it's interesting, like, you know, some of these things that Cosmato seems to be kind of obsessed with and yeah. uh, how they kind of play out in two kind of very different movies, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, very distinct, but uh, yeah. yeah, like they share a lot of commonalities yeah. that I think are cool. Yeah, agreed. Um, so yeah, that was a fun one. Um, I watched iRobot for the first time, which yep. is an Alex Proyas movie. I'm a big Alex Proyas fan. I'm the only one. Hello, I'm here. I'm the Alex Proyas fan uh, in the feed. Mm. And uh, I liked iRobot. Big surprise. <laughs> Thought it was fun. It's about as dumb as every other Alex Proyas movie in the charming way that Alex Proyas movies are kind of dumb. Yeah. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. He is a great director of special effects sequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that movie has like a bunch of really, really good, like pretty wild, like action special effects scenes. I don't remember that much about that movie. Yeah, you know, uh, a guy who's like prejudiced against robots has to work mm. with a robot to uncover this conspiracy about yeah. robots. I don't know why I keep getting that and I am legend confused in my head because they are very different <laughs> movies, but I'm like, because they both wait, star which Will one? Smith and <laughs> I am and a I. thing in the title, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I liked iRobot. Uh, I also just literally, right before we started recording, caught up with John Carpenter's Memoirs of an Invisible Man, which is a movie that everyone seems to hate and I thought was pretty good. Mm. Really enjoyed it. It was like, what if Fletch was invisible? Yeah. Great concept. Um, last night I watched the Demon Slayer movie, oh, yeah. which, uh, you know, I've been watching tons and tons of anime lately. And so I've been watching Demon Slayer, which I really liked, but the season is like a little slow where it felt like at the end of the season, I was finally like, yes, I love these characters or like there are some characters I'm like kind of getting into. And so I didn't expect the Demon Slayer movie to have me in tears for the last <laughs> okay. 20 minutes, yeah. but I was like, bawling to the point where our dog is like on the couch and is looking over at me like what is your problem (laughs) he's just like giving me side eye like you're making so much noise right now (laughs) uh but like demon slayer is such a good looking anime the animation is just really beautiful um I think it's a really interesting story. I really love the characters and uh, like, I don't know, the demon design is really cool. Like the demons look really dope. Um, Yeah, it's just so good. I really liked that movie and that show. I'm looking forward to watching that at some point. Our mutual friend Ryan over at uh, Movie John uh, is a big fan as well. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I heard the movie is real good. Yeah, it's really great. I enjoyed it so much. And uh, yeah, whenever you want to uh, rewatch it, I am like totally Uh, on board to... I believe if I understand correctly, it's now time for the Mugen Train. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. Which I was like, that's a silly title. But I'm like, oh, but it is. It's all about the Mugen Train. It's time for the Mugen Train. Yeah, you're just on a train. Love that I know a thing about a series I've never seen. Yep. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, just wait. And it's a fun, weird thing like Mugen Train. Well, it's funny when like season one ended and it's like, it's legit just like, oh, we're about to board the Mugen Train. <laughs> and so I was like, oh shit, this is what we've been waiting for with the movie. So I was just like, I know what that train is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to catching up with that at some point. Yeah, it's very good. That's probably yeah. covers enough stuff, right? Yeah, I think so. Think there was anything. Oh, I watched a movie called Love and Monsters that I do think people would enjoy. Uh, it's on Hulu. We also people watched Dune, but I figured. Yeah, we watched Dune. Yeah, it was it was fine. It was a movie to be watched. I really liked the Sandworms. Yeah, I and mean, fucking Oscar Isaac as just a fucking daddy of trays. It, it is uh, a sumptuous like visual, you know, treat yeah. in the way that all Villeneuve movies are. But it was maybe only that for me to some extent. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of my issues had nothing to do with filmmaking right. and maybe more so just the fact that I'm not actually a fan of the story of Dune. Yeah. There's uh, elements I like and all of that, but yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was impressed by a lot about that movie, but I also thought that movie was like, it was yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Spent a lot of fucking time wandering around in the desert in that movie. Well, yeah, it's a planet of sand, man. Yeah. Yeah, I started to feel like Anakin Skywalker as that movie went on. I was like, give me out all this. Someone did post a meme that was just Timothy Chalamet with Anakin's, like, I hate sand. And I was like, this is the best. Yeah, yeah, Dune was cool. Yeah. I wish wish we had seen it on the big screen. I feel like that might have swayed me up maybe a little more. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But let's, uh, let's talk about Karen Black. All right. So we are picking up with her career in the 90s. Um, so for TV, she was on a show called The Hunger that has David Bowie in it, but is not, I, at least from what I can tell, n- not directly con- like in contact with the movie, okay, The Hunger. Okay, that's interesting. It's a horror anthology show. Okay. So I'm not sure, I forget the writer who uh, wrote uh, the book, The Hunger, the Hunger. Um, Whitley something I can't remember but maybe it's like an anthology like a Bradbury or a Hitchcock where it's like these are these person stories sure and they just called it that because that's like the known yeah quantity or whatever but yeah yeah, I I don't know but I was like oh that's cool I would watch that yeah I'm David Bowie as the horror host sounds uh sounds good to me yeah I don't know if that's actually what that means but yeah I mean he's like top builds so I I assume he's in more than just like the one right um, so yeah, for 1990, she was in a movie called Overexposed, uh, when co-workers of a beautiful soap star start disappearing and others wind up dead with no clues or evidence left behind. She is caught between fact and fiction, left as the real and final victim. Okay. It's like, all right, that sounds about as dramatic as a soap opera. Uh-huh. Uh, and then she's in a movie called Twisted Justice. Twisted uh, about L.A. in the future where police are forbidden to carry weapons and instead have to carry stun guns that they call stingers. Uh, and they are trying to solve a... They are trying to track down the bullseye murderer, a mm-hmm. psychotic rapist who takes a new drug called Umbra that gives him superhuman strength and intelligence. There's a there's a lot going on in that two-sentence plot description. Yeah, so many things. Yeah. As I love when they just jam pack stuff in the IMDb descriptions, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this actual movie?" 
Uh, she was in a TV movie called Zapped Again, which I've is just a great name. I've seen Zapped. Uh, oh, okay. Exhumed screened that at something I went oh, to at really? some point. Yeah. And is it's it like, a horror thing? No, Zapped is like a, it's like an 80s comedy where like uh, basically sexually assaulting women is like one of the big jokes of the movie. Oh, You know, great. there's like a lot of those 80s movies that are like that. <sighs> yeah. Uh, if I remember right, Zapped might literally be about guys that are able to just like snap their fingers and make a woman's top come off. Oh, no. It's like something like that. I forget exactly, but it's... it's, it's if it's not that specifically, that's the end to which they use whatever the zapped thing is throughout the movie. This is why there are too many uh, male writers and directors uh, in Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so apparently Karen was there to get zapped again. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then she was in a movie called Night Angel that we watched. Hell yeah, we did. Uh, which was directed by, uh, it was a female director who I'm trying to look up as we speak. Um, but she was also the director for Halloween 5. Dominique Othenin yes. Gerard. Yeah, there you go. I don't know if I pronounced any of that correctly. Um, but I just thought that was interesting because I feel like I also noticed that Karen Black just worked with several uh, female filmmakers, right. mm-hmm. especially around this time, which I think is very cool. I wish I, I like didn't find a ton of like uh, useful interviews, uh, mm-hmm. but... I would have loved to have heard more on like her expanding on some of that, if mm-hmm. that was done intentionally or not. Yeah. Um, and this movie, one of the credited writers is Joe Augustine. Yes. Uh, and one of his only other writing credits is one of your favorite movies, Night of the Demons. Yeah, I love uh, Night of the Demons. And if people listening have seen Night of the Demons, you may already be getting an accurate picture of what Night Angel is. Oh, yeah. They have such a similar vibe. It is. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, every character is, like, kind of, a, like, sarcastically annoying or annoyingly sarcastic and or some very version horny. of those two things. Super horny. Yeah. But like the the movie seems to be very critical of people that are too horny. It seems like the movie's like, yeah. you foolish horny morons. It's like, yeah, it's like not a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because like all it it's all about like Lilith yes. from uh, you know, it's Jewish mythology that I believe Lilith's origins okay. are. Uh, and she's supposed to be the first wife of Adam before Eve. Right. But she didn't want to do missionary. So she left the Garden of Eden <laughs> and then became uh, like a demon mother uh, in hell. Hell yeah. Uh, so I think they even refer to her as like Satan's whore in this movie. Yeah, yeah. And that's like I essentially how uh, Lilith has been written off. Okay. Uh, even though I think she's a, she sounds great. a feminist icon. Yeah. I'm a big fan. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, fuck, that. <laughs> fuck yeah. Adam. He sounds like a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, I liked that this whole movie was about her, but it's also her being like, I don't know, awakening just to like murder a bunch of horny dudes. Right. Yes. And one of her first kills is like... She seduces a guy as his wife is sleeping right next to him. Oh, yeah, right. And she starts fucking him and then kills him. He's, like, dying as she's still on top of him and then murders his wife next to him who's, like, watching them fuck. It's, like, this whole crazy scene of just murder and sex that you're, like, what is actually happening? Yeah, the the movie has this kind of, uh, kind of like Night of the Demons has this, like, you know, it like starts ramping up as it goes mm. and then starts to just like the wheels start to come off and like suddenly it's like a Brian Yuzna movie and people are melting in half. Yeah. And, like, it, 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 yeah. But like the wheels come off in a way that is fun. Like it is just a wild yeah. movie that keeps getting like 
it just keeps building to weirder yeah. and weirder kind like, of. Like, I'm very glad we watched this. Yeah. Because I, I think it was very weird and fun. And Karen Black plays, like, the, eventually the, like, head of this magazine company that, like, I don't, it's like a, it a is, fashion magazine. It is so weird. It's a fashion magazine where seemingly everything is handled by men. Like, yeah. like the, the teams that we follow are all men. Yeah. And all they seem to be doing is basically making pornography. And like, trying to fuck the models that yes. come in. And so you're just like. They're bringing these what? models in. They're shooting them naked. And yeah. again, this is ostensibly a fashion magazine. Mm-hmm. But they're just obsessed with like putting boobs on the cover of it. Yep. And trying to sleep with the women that they bring in mm-hmm. to take pictures of for those covers. Yep. It is it is such a weird premise. And, but, and the guys are just like constantly like salivating over yeah. like the it is so funny. Uh but Karen Black does get down and dirty with Lilith, which I was a big <laughs> yes, fan yes. of. Oh yeah, that's right. This movie does keep like just yeah, it just keeps leveling up and going to yeah. weirder places. I was just like, oh yeah, they're hooking up. This is amazing. Remember how after the first person dies, Karen Black's character has like this long, almost like funeral at the office for them yeah. where she like gives this whole speech about mm-hmm. losing this person. And then, like, the next day, another coworker dies, and she just, like, tells someone offhandedly in her office, and otherwise there is never a mention of it anywhere. It's it's my favorite because when I worked at my old job at Eastern State, we always talked about, like, how long you work there, like, was indicative of, like, what your goodbye was like. Yeah. Like, I was there for five years, and when I left, I got a speech from my boss, a PowerPoint presentation, <laughs> gifts. It was like this, I got to say something at the meeting. And yeah. so it was like this whole big thing. And then like, if like someone's been there for like, you know, a couple weeks before they leave or they get fired, it's just like, we wish them well on yeah, their, yeah. their journey or whatever. And you're like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just an email that gets sent it's, out. Yeah, it's yeah. that's what it reminded me of. So I thought that was particularly funny. It was pretty funny. I, I liked this movie. It's it's yeah. like not great. And I thought it got a little boring as it went along, but it is it is truly wild. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I love that guy. I would like to watch the Night of the Demons uh, sequels as well. Yeah, uh, so I'm glad that we found something else he did. I'm happy we made time for this. Pretty sure I saw him speak at an Exhumed event once. Oh, yeah. He came to a horrorathon yeah. one time. Um, and this was on YouTube, and it was like good quality, oh, yeah, too. Yeah, so you, you can watch like, this really yeah. easily. Yep. Um, and then the same year, she does like so much stuff just in the 90s. Yeah. Uh, she was in Mirror, Mirror. Also from a female director. Um, I had seen this before, but it was Garrett's first time watching it. Uh And this is another movie that has like, it has three sequels. So there are four Mirror Mirrors, which is wild. That is wild to me in particular. Yeah. Because Mirror Mirror was like, this does not jump out to me as like, wow, what a hit that we need to make like a bunch of sequels to. And it was interesting to me too, because it reminded me of um, Summer Party Massacre because all of the sequels also seem to be either like written or directed by women. So I don't, I don't know why that's a thing, but I was like, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, So I would also watch these films. Um, this movie was all right, I thought. Like, there, there is stuff in this movie that makes it recommendable, I yeah. think. It gets pretty weird in a couple of places. I mean, there's that mirror sex scene. Yes, and, like, the ending is weird in a way where I genuinely can't even explain what happened. Yeah. Uh, 
Like, there is some weird, wacky, cool stuff in this yeah. movie. And but Karen was... Black's kind of being, like, a crazy mom to this, like, goth girl. And they've, like, just moved to this new town because her therapist said it was a good idea. Because, yeah. like, like, her husband just died? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, her husband just died. And she, like, moves her daughter to this place. She gets these two little dogs all because her therapist said it yeah, would, like, right. make her feel better. And she doesn't feel better. I mostly just want to know the story of Karen Black's hair in this movie. Oh, it was so weird. Well, because she's got this really bizarre, like, kind of blonde bowl cut through most of it. Yep. That, once I reveal the next part of this, seems pretty clear to me was probably a wig. Yeah. But then, all of the sudden, for just two scenes in the middle of the movie, she has beautiful, long, flowing brown hair. Just for two scenes. I don't know what was special or particular yeah. about those two scenes because there was weird stuff too and we're like well if this is just her wig that she like wears out it would be one thing but there's a scene where she k- wakes up because her daughter had a nightmare and she's wearing the wig yeah so it's like well clearly <laughs> yeah. you don't you don't just sleep in this yeah like i think the most likely explanation is there were like some reshoots or something that yeah. she just wasn't willing to wear the wig for again or whatever you know what i mean yeah like something happened yeah there. uh but in the context of the movie, it was so bizarre mm-hmm. in a way that, like, because the movie is so bizarre, I, for some reason, was thinking a lot about, like, well, what does it mean that her hair is so different in these yeah. scenes? It, it was so strange. I thought about it a lot. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I like this movie. I feel like maybe it was a little bit more boring than I remember it being. It was but a little boring. there's, like, you know, some fun kills. I also just love, like, you know, catty, mean high schoolers uh-huh. getting uh, murdered. I that's always a fun thing for me. So. I did like the idea of like the 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 mirror giving the girl like a certain power yeah. and like confidence mm-hmm. in her life. Yeah. I thought that was kind of interesting. I agree. Um, she was then in a movie called Haunting Fear. Uh, a woman has nightmares of being buried alive, uh, which somehow awakens a longer pressed entity inside her while her greedy, cheating husband plots to murder her for money. I would watch that movie. I, yeah, I would too. Um, she's then in a drama called The Children with Ben Kingsley and Kim Novak. Oh, that's an interesting cast. Yeah. Uh, and was then in a movie called Fatal Encounter, oh, okay. which I love that it just has one of those like uh, sexy thriller names. Yep. Uh, a woman finds out that her biological father, a, prof- a professional race car driver, was murdered 20 years ago, and the murderer or murderers are still on the loose. Okay, that is weird, actually. That's a very bizarre premise. I know. Uh, she's then in a straight-to-video film called The Killer's Edge with Wings Hauser. Oh, Wings Hauser is somebody we really got to do for the show at some point. Yeah, I know. Uh, and then in 1991, she was in a movie called Caged Fear, also known as Innocent Young Female. <laughs> okay. Uh, after a jewelry theft, uh, Tommy Lane can, hard- can hardly free? That doesn't make any sense. No, it seems like something didn't paste right there. Nope, something didn't, or it just doesn't actually make sense on the IMDb. But it was essentially about, like, it was like a women prison movie. Like, it has that, uh, like, exploitation uh, poster. Okay. Which I thought was really interesting for the 90s specifically. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. Um, She was in a comedy called Ruben and Ed starring Crispin Glover. Ooh. Sounded weird. I mean... Her and Crispin Glover in a movie together is certainly a, a combination, combination that I would like to see. 
and then she's in a movie called The Rollerblade Seven, starring Frank Stallone. I'm already sold. In a futuristic society, a sword-wielding roller skater fights evil ninjas, punk roller skaters, and is sent on an important rescue mission. I am uh, seeking this movie out right now. I she think pl- there might be sequels to this, too, that she might be in. We might get to those at some point. She plays a character named Taro. Like T-A-R-O-T. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. cool. Um, she's then in a movie called Children of the Night. Uh, about a school teacher who teams up with a priest to stop a town from being overrun by vampires. Okay. Um, and then she's in another horror movie called Evil Spirits. It's been like a lot of weird uh, horror movies in the nineties. Yeah, I mean, this I feel like this is a lot of we talk about this all the time with the actors that we cover, but there just comes a point in their career where it seems like people are like, oh yeah, we we could probably mm-hmm. get you for. Either we can get you for cheap, and so we'll you get to be in our horror movie, or we liked you in horror a couple horror movies yeah, growing up, so, so we'd like ours. you to be in yeah. ours. Yeah. Um, she's in a movie called Tuesday Never Comes, starring Eric Estrada. Oh, okay. And then is in a movie called Hits, starring Elliot Gould. We love Elliot Gould in this yeah. house. A female juvenile court judge goes out of her way to try to aid a young man whom she believes has innocently gotten involved with a gang, which uh, put her life in mortal danger. All right, that sounds weird. That's a very 90s premise. It is. Uh, And then this was a movie that I wanted to watch. I think it's also available on YouTube called Auntie Lee's Meat Pies. (laughs) About a devil-worshipping woman who uh, sends out her nieces to lure men to her place so she can grind them up into meat pies. Sounds great. Yeah, it sounds amazing. I, I assume she's Auntie Lee, right? I am not sure. I feel like there's a blonde woman that I keep seeing on the cover, okay. so it's possible she might be a different character. Okay. Uh, oh, she's Auntie Lee. Oh, she is. I'm okay, checking cool. in here. Auntie Lee. She is the titular Auntie Lee. I gotcha. Yeah. This might be a Vinegar Syndrome release. Oh, okay. Or it sounds very similar to a different Vinegar Syndrome okay, release okay, okay. <laughs> about, uh, you know, cannibalistic moms. Sure. Uh, she's in The Double O Kid with Corey Haim. Okay. Uh, and then Dead Girls Don't Tango, which Good is title. a great name. Uh, police inspectors must stop a serial killer who dances the tango with his victims before strangling them. <laughs> Such an interesting detail. Uh, in 1993, she's in Return of the Rollerblade 7. You better uh, believe it. With Joel Estevez. Is this an Estevez I don't know of? Uh, that is, I don't know. By the way, there was apparently one in between called Legend of the Rollerblade 7 in 1992. Oh, did she I miss re- that one? But she returns as Taro in all of these movies. It's so interesting. I- I'm going to look up this Joel Estevez as well, soon as I can. I thought about that because I'm like, is this also a series of movies where they just have like the brother of someone famous like, sure, be yeah, yeah. in the movie? Um, and then this one was super interesting. In 1995, she was in Plan 10 from Outer Space, which is a sequel to uh, Ed Wood's Plan 9 from Outer Space, uh, which it's just, it boggles my mind that in the 90s, someone decided they needed to make a sequel to that movie. Yeah, that's, yeah, I don't know. That That's interesting. That feels like uh, the, practically like a fan-made film in some sense, right? Like, right, yeah, 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 it has to be. I'm not finding any confirmation on, uh, uh, oh, relatives, Charlie Sheen, Martin Sheen, Emilio Estevez, confirmed. There you go. He's like, uh, he is Martin Sheen's sibling, it says. So, okay. Yeah. Okay. 
Joe Estevez, yes. So he's the lesser known, even lesser known uh, Estevez. Yeah, like he's just hidden somewhere. Yeah. Uh, Karen Black is then in the wacky adventures of Dr. Boris and Nurse Shirley. Okay. Uh, that has Paul Bartel in it, who uh, I believe we will do for the podcast oh, at yes. some yeah. point. I'm very interested in covering Paul Bartel. Uh, that is a crazy name, by the way. That is like too, yeah. way too long a title. Lots of things. Yeah. Uh, and then she's in Starstruck with Russ Tamblin, who we really love yeah, from we... Twin Peaks. And uh, he... Haunting, very, right? very young, yeah, is in The Haunting yeah. from the 1950s. He's someone we should look into covering at some point because yeah. I'd be interested in. There's so many. That's there's so many years between the two things that we like know him from. You know, yeah. Um, and that movie is about a psychotic serial killer who turns his hobby into movie productions that show his victims' fates. Oh, that sounds kind cool. of into that idea. That's a good idea. Uh, in 1996, she's in Crime Time with Stephen Baldwin. Crime Time. <laughs> Another serial killer movie uh, uh, about with, a serial killer on primetime television. With, with a lesser known uh, brother of uh, famous yeah, actors. Yeah, it's so strange. Uh, and then she was in Children of the Corn, The Gathering. I believe it's the fourth installment of the Children I, I of the Corn the movies. One. And I guess that starred Naomi Watts. Oh, uh, what? Which I, uh, is a reason I wanted to watch it, even though I've only seen the first Children of the Corn. Yeah. Although, who knows, uh, you know how closely you need to follow that particular franchise. Yeah, I've only ever seen the first one as well. Yeah. Um, she was then in Dinosaur Valley Girls with William Marshall. Dinosaur Valley Girls. Yep. Funny. And in 1997, she was in a movie called Stir with Tracy Lords and Tony Todd. Whoa. Which is pretty awesome. Uh, a woman searches for clues that led to the murder of her scientist husband who was experimenting with the possible AIDS vaccine. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but crazy cast. Um, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, Tony Todd, Tracy Lords, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then she was in a movie called Conceiving Ada, a sci-fi movie with Tilda Swinton. Yes, um, and this is by a female filmmaker that I think we'll talk about a little later. Yeah. Oh, it's the same one? I think so, yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, and then she was in a movie called I Woke Up Early the Day I Died, which was written by Edward D. Wood Jr. Oh. Uh, which I didn't realize that Ed Wood's son then went to make some movies. I guess, yeah. Uh, and it has Andrew McCarthy, Ron Perlman, Christina Ricci, Tippi Hedren, and... Uh, oh, no, I have Christina Ricci here twice. <laughs> Uh, but also really weird cast of just a mismatch of people that yeah. I feel like shouldn't be together, especially Tippy Hedren. That one really sent well, me spiraling. And for some reason, I know that title, but I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. Huh. Um, and then in 1998, uh, she was in the movie Lightspeed with David Carradine. Nice. Um, a space freighter that has gone adrift suddenly catapults into an alternate universe. Okay. Yep. Um, I'm also wondering now if that if Ed Ed what as was Edward Junior like actually just Edward? That's the other thing I'm trying to think of with this name now because I just assumed that Edward wasn't around making movies in the 90s, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, I don't know. I can look at that in a minute. Yeah. Um, and then we get to her career in the 2000s, uh, which, you know, like all people in the 2000s, she was in a Law and Order. She was in Criminal Intent. 
Um, in 2000, she was in a movie called Oliver Twisted, which is just a really great name. <laughs> that uh, is so dumb. Which also, is, so the plot is a secret turns one family's pleasant life into a bloodbath. But also, like, why is it named that? Because it doesn't sound like it has anything to do with Oliver Twist. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just confused. That's really <laughs> weird. Uh, by the way, that is the Ed Wood that uh, gotcha. you and I uh, know and love. Okay. Yeah. I couldn't remember if he had the junior or not. Okay, so that's interesting. I didn't realize he was still making movies in the 90s. Well, he died in 1978, so that means it must be a script of his that somebody oh, went on to produce. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Um, I mean, I don't know. I wonder even if I looked here, is that like a movie he made and then somebody remade in the 90s? Yeah, I don't know. Uh doesn't necessarily look that way. But, uh, it's just yeah. interesting that there are two Ed Wood-related projects that she is attached to. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, it looks like it was maybe just like a script of his that okay. somebody um, produced in That's the 90s. so strange. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. In 2001, she was in a movie called Soul Keeper, which was an action-adventure movie. And then in 2002, she was in a movie called Technolust with Tilda Swinton, which we watched. Yeah. Uh, and this is, I want to get this director's name because I think, like, what's great about this movie is, like, just some of the silly tone. Lynn Hirschman Leeson. Um, and, yeah, I believe that she also directed um, the other Tilda Swinton movie we mentioned, um, Conceiving Ada. Um, these are both available on Criterion Channel. That was where we mm -hmm. watched um, Technolust. And I thought... Technolust was pretty fun. I don't even know if I could describe this movie in any meaningful way. It's so weird. And I feel like it took me a really long time to figure out what was actually going on. Yeah, it's like about a scientist that is experimenting with artificial intelligence. Um, but seems to figure out that the only way to like truly make it like work is with like human DNA hmm. like there needs to be some kind of human DNA with it so she uses her own DNA to make these three artificially intelligent like basically clones of herself yeah um but the they require Y chromosomes I think is that what it is and and so basically yes. one of them is going out every night and and essentially acting as like a sex worker um, but basically in order to extract sperm from men that she can yeah. then bring home and put into teas that um, all three of the like. They also inject it. Yeah, into yeah, right. Them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, that the the sort of clone artificially intelligent Tilda Swinton. Yeah. And then, so Tilda Swinton plays the scientist. And since the scientist uses her own DNA to make these artificially intelligent beings, yeah. she also plays all three of these artificially yes. intelligent Who beings. Who all have very different hairstyles and yes. all are color coordinated yes. in a it's, way that reminds me of the, what is it, the fairies from Sleeping Beauty? Yeah, it's like red, blue, and green. Yep. And, and it's like ruby, jade, and... I can't remember. Oh, it was like, it was something like aquatic sounding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. marine. Marine, that's yes. it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, and so it's like it's got these really rich colors. Like mm -hmm. they, you know, Marine is always in blue and lives in a blue room, and Ruby is always in red and yeah. lives in a red room. And then sometimes they're in each other's rooms, so you get the nice bright reds on top of the. Oh, deep and then blues. there's that one scene when they're all wearing yellow robes, and I'm like, who let you wear those yes. yellow robes? Well, What's there's up? also that scene where they do a synchronized dance together, and yeah. it's very clear that it was done with like cheap green screen, but mm -hmm. it is. 
very fun and funny. Yeah. The thing is, it's like a weird movie that I think is like maybe kind of about like intimacy and agency, but I don't even really know because the plot like kind of doesn't totally make sense. It was but so it, weird. But it's silly. It's like yeah. it's really silly. It has this really silly sense of humor the whole time that I just, I don't know, every few minutes I was like, what is this movie? I don't know, but I like it. Like I, I just yeah. kept finding myself enjoying it. So we turned off a movie last night after like 15 minutes and put this one on instead. And I was like, oh, but this one is also really weird. But there's something about the tone of this one where I was like, oh, I think I'm going to like that this is weird. And yeah. I'm I'm glad we made this decision. Yeah. It's like this is acceptable weird. And the other yeah. thing that we'll talk about in a little while was maybe not acceptable yeah. weird. I think last night I made the decision that just because we are focusing on B-movie actors doesn't mean we need to necessarily watch those B-movies. Right. Uh, because I definitely didn't feel like watching that one that we started. Yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I thought uh, Techno Lust was pretty cool, and and yeah. if you have Criterion Channel, I recommend checking it out. It's just a very strange movie. I've never really seen anything like it. That was, it was another thing cool. too. It felt such like such an interesting tone for like a Criterion pick. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, maybe it's just because the look of it, like we talked about it, where it has it like looks like it's shot on video. A little and... bit, not not quite shot on video, but like there's this look to like uh, uh, early digital camera work. Yeah. Because this is like an early 2000s movie, and so it's like it's after video, but it's early digital and it just it has this particular look to it that um, like it looks like a, a little bit like a tv movie yeah yep yep yeah a little bit soap opery. yeah uh oh and karen black's character is like very silly in this oh, what was her name oh it my was god it was dirty dick dirty dick she plays a cat i can't believe we didn't talk about karen black in this movie she plays a character named Dirty Dick who may or may not be a detective, and that's why her name is Dick. Yeah, because the first time they introduce her, she is wearing like a big like detective's hat, like kind a purple of, it's one, almost like a cowboy hat. Yeah, it's a, yeah. It, but yeah, like she she has this air like, oh, we gotta crack this case. Yeah. Because we didn't even talk about the fact that part of the plot is that the Ruby is the one that keeps having, yes. like, sex with these men. And then these men end up getting, like, a weird rash that has a barcode on their forehead. Yes. So they're, like, treating it like an STD. And so yes. they're trying yeah, to, like... outbreak among, like, 30 yeah. men over a few days. Yeah. yeah, and they're trying to, like, crack this case and they don't know how. And so they bring in Dirty Dick because yeah. she's the only one that can figure out what's going yes. on. Yeah. And you're just like, what... What's happening here? So bizarre. And she's in like three scenes in the movie. I yeah. kind of don't it, like there. It, that is a plot in the movie that I literally don't even, I don't Unclear. remember if it even gets resolved. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Karen Black then goes on to do a movie called A Light in the Darkness. Um, about a guy that broke up with his girlfriend uh, and he thinks she is plotting with him for their mutual psychiatrist, what? which is hilarious to me. Um, and then she was in Curse of the 49ers. A group of friends discover gold deep inside an old mine, uh, but to take the goal, uh, the gold, they have to awaken a long dead miner who's hell bent on protecting his treasure. Okay. It just sounds a little bit like uh, My Bloody Valentine. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then she was in House of a Thousand Corpses, which we watched. I had seen before. My friend bought this for me on DVD for my birthday one year in high school, like way before I was like into horror. And so I was like, 
oh man, like I have to watch this movie now. Like I don't really, like I get scared from everything. How am I going to watch a Rob Zombie movie? Who's definitely the scariest of them all. Uh, and that's not really true. It's mostly just like a little gross. <laughs> yeah. Rob Zombie movies are just like a little too gross. Yeah. Uh, but I, this one I think works for me more than like a I lot of his movies. Movie. It's I've fun. I've never seen it. Uh, uh, Sid Haig is like very yeah. entertaining in this. I yeah. like him a lot. Uh, what's his name? Captain? Captain Spaulding. Spaulding, yeah. yeah. Uh, great character. Yeah. Oh, he has, uh, he dresses up like a like patriotic clown yeah. and he sells fried chicken, but then also has a murder ride that people can go on uh, that just talks about like different serial, serial killers. killers yeah. And I'm like, I want to go on the murder ride. That yeah. sounds amazing. I love the idea of a guy that owns a roadside attraction that is just meant to be like kind of gross and creepy. I thought that was a very fun yeah. idea. Yeah, there was something charming about that to me. Yeah. Um, I had never seen this. I The only Rob Zombie movie I've seen is his Halloween. Oh, no, I've also seen um, the one everybody Devil's likes. Rejects, Devil's Rejects. Which is the sequel really to it. this yes. one. I need to rewatch it now that I like this uh, yeah. as much as I did because I do not remember that movie. And then we can watch Three from Hell. Yeah. Um, I did not like his Halloween that much, but the thing was I really liked a lot of the filmmaking in his mm. Halloween. I just thought his Halloween, I didn't like it. Uh, and this had a lot of like good filmmaking in it I thought yeah. but was like fun and funny mm -hmm. and weird and strange there's a lot of good like neon in it yeah. which we always love and like it's maybe a little too disjointed it kind of like it's almost like three different movies that just sort of yeah kind of start happening one after another mm -hmm. um but it wears its influences on its sleeve in a really interesting way i'm a big fan of that movie the old dark house which this mm -hmm. features footage from and then is pretty much a direct reference to for like the second act yeah. um and, uh, you know, I kind of like the way he's wearing those, like, kind of odd influences mm -hmm. on his sleeve in this. The only things I didn't like about this movie were some of the, like, weird transitions and, like, video effects and stuff. Where, like, yeah. sometimes it was in that weird negative space camera thing that I don't think looks good. And yeah. uh, all sometimes just to, like, get between scene to scene, he would just cut to, like... I think yeah. what were meant to be like flashbacks to things, but they were just kind of annoying. It didn't really help. Yeah. But, but so there was like some filmmaking stuff that I was still was like, I don't like this, but everything else I thought was, it was just fun and weird. Yeah. It's also like, it's funny watching it now that I'm like into horror. Cause it was a movie yeah. I remember being like, Oh, it's like, weird to watch these like good people get like murdered and i'm like actually all of these people that they're yeah, murdering they are annoying as fuck yeah. like the girlfriends are bitching the whole time yeah. the guys are like pieces of shit yep. and you're just like yeah i do want these like rednecks to like you know teach these city slickers yes, a lesson right. i'm a very big fan of that yeah and that's like the world of rob zombie movies it yeah. seems right is like the the kind of the people you tend to look down upon are the heroes of his movies yeah. and, and the city slickers that come in are dumb fucks that deserve like the yeah. weird shit they're going to get. Um, Cause like, I, I like the whole family. Um, I'm, uh, Karen Black pay plays the, uh, the matriarch yeah. of the family, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and she works so be... well for this. Yeah, she is really good in this. Yeah. They're definitely supposed to be like a Texas Chainsaw family. Oh, right? yeah. Like, I yeah, mean, yeah. there's def I mean, they like reference Ed Gein at the yeah. beginning, which was like one of the influences. Um, 
so yeah, it was definitely like old dark house and Texas chainsaw. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's what I always think of when I think of this too, especially like there's that dinner table scene where they all like are together. Yeah. Um, there's even like a grandpa character, right? Yeah. Who's just like, you know, an old angry fart yeah. that just comes in and screams all the time. Right. Uh, I thought, I also like think Sherry Moon Zombie is very fun in this movie. I thought she was really funny yeah. in this. And she's like the daughter of Karen Black, and right. like they make a lot of sense to me yes. as a family unit. Yes. I was like, okay, yeah. I, I thought Sherry Moon Zombie was very funny in this. She seemed to really like, I don't know, like get what was funny about that character and just kind yeah. of dig into it. Yeah, because she's like you know supposed to be a sex pop, but also she's like nuts and like. Yeah. There's that scene where they go to what's it, Pussy Liquors, yeah. the liquor store, yeah. and there's that guy working there. His name is like gober and she just keeps calling him goober Mm -hmm. and that like i just think that is very funny for some reason (laughs) she's like yeah okay goober i enjoyed that movie like a lot more than i thought i would i've kind of avoided this movie for years because i just couldn't imagine it was something i would like yeah i I enjoyed it quite a bit yeah it was uh very fun yeah um after that in 2005 she was in a movie called the strawn house um after enrolling in an experimental study on rage impulses uh, rage impulse disorder uh michael dare discovers that the research is not what it seems michael dare of course it's a very movie name yeah uh, in 2007, she is in a movie called Suffering Man's Charity, also known as Ghost Rider, uh, with David Boreanaz and Alan Cummings. Whoa, okay, what? Weird fucking cast. Um, uh, in 2008, she was in a movie called A Single Woman, which was a suffragette uh, biopic uh, starring Patricia Arquette. And then in 2009, she was in Repo Chick, directed by Alex Cox, who directed Repo Man. Uh, and I did not know this movie existed until we were researching Karen Black. I did not either. I, and I, I love Repo Man. I know. We're big fans of that movie. Yeah. I I would be curious what a, a you know late sequel to that movie by the same director is like. Me too. Like, all the pictures I found look very silly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I kind of just want to know, like, years later what he would want to do with that story. Because uh, she's, like, the girl that stars in it has, like, this valley girl kind of vibe, which is also very different from, like, you know, uh, what's his name? Amelia Westervez, who's, like, this punk that gets roped into being a repo man. Right. Oh, yeah. Interesting. Um, yeah, and then it also reminded me of uh, like Tank Girl a little bit for some reason. I don't know why, but sure, it just seems like it would also kind of be like a Tank Girl movie. Yeah. Uh, and then we get to her career in the 2010s. Uh, so for TV, she did some Funny or Die Presents, and she was also on Tim, Tim and Eric's Awesome Show, oh, that's uh, cool. which is really interesting. Tim and Eric Awesome Show, great job. Uh, yeah, I was not into Tim and Eric, but I also only saw a few episodes when I was under the influence of things, and it was weird. <laughs> it is weird. Um, in 2011, she was in Some Guy Who Kills People. Yeah, I kind of wanted to watch this just because I like uh, Kevin Corrigan. Uh, yeah, and I, I kind of do, too. I think I've ever seen him star in a movie before, which he is apparently yeah. the lead character of this. And it's legit what you think. It's some guy uh, kills people that he deems responsible for his miserable life. Uh, okay. Fair enough. Yep. Uh, she's then in Letters from the Big Man, a sci-fi drama about Bigfoot. A sci-fi drama about Bigfoot. That's that's the thing that, like, the descriptor where I was yeah. like, okay. Uh-huh. 
2012, she was in Mommy's Little Monster. A mentally disturbed man is prematurely released from an asylum and struggles to live a normal life by suppressing his dark, abusive past. Meanwhile, the people around him are consumed by their own darkness, but by lack of self-control. Sounds uh, like a psycho sequel. It does, right? Yeah. Uh, and then she was in Dark Blood with River Phoenix. Cause, and then I looked it up because I was like, River Phoenix had yeah, definitely what? passed before this. So this was a project that was abandoned after because River Phoenix died. Yeah. He was the lead in it. Um, and then they decided to finish it years later. Weird. Uh, weird. Super strange. I Yeah, I like looked that up because I was like, that sounds wrong to me. Yeah. But yeah, and like that's just, I feel like, a thing you don't year too often like especially years and years later where they're just like yeah we're gonna scrap this but someone wanted to come back to it for some reason yeah um and then in 2013 she was in Ooga Booga which is the movie we watched 10 minutes of and could not finish could you guess when she said it was called Ooga Booga that this was the movie we got 10 minutes of the thing about it is so it's a Charles Band movie. Charles mm-hmm. Band is Full Moon Pictures and all of those kind of like, you know, he he ran a couple of those companies mm-hmm. that produced a lot of just kind of cheap schlocky movies. And, uh, you know, so I enjoy, I sometimes enjoy some of the... Some of these are fun. Some of that stuff. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, there's a particular tone to them that this definitely had. And I, so when it started, I was like, yeah, okay. But it also, it's called Ugga Booga. I knew from the cover, it's like clearly about like a little like figure, like a, a little guy that comes well, it's to life. Legit, the same figurine from uh, Trilogy of Terror. Right. I thought it thought it looked like pretty much the same yeah. thing. Yeah. And yeah. so I was like, oh, it's kind of interesting that Karen Black comes back for this movie that's related to like one of the shorts in like her one of yeah. her famous roles. Yeah. But then the movie opens on this. Children's show about a uh, the children's it's like host on a farm on a farm. The children's host is like a guy with a pig nose, and yeah. we meet him when he's like seemingly in his like fifties, maybe even sixties, and he's a drunk bastard. And we're led to believe that this show has been on for years and years and years, yeah, and like was like beloved yeah. by children yes. because one of the main characters is friends with this guy but because he loved him as a kid yeah one of the main characters who just got his doctorate i believe no he just learned he was gonna become a doctor his doctorate program no he's gonna be a doctor yeah got accepted into his doctorate program right no like a a medical doctor so he is a doctor yeah okay so the first thing i said he's a doctor yeah okay uh yeah this kid that's like is like a doctor like is best friends with him like, they just, like, are super... Like, he's, like, a... This kid is, like... Well, that was the thing that... I think that was the point where I was, like, yeah. I can't watch this movie. Because we're introduced to, like, the grossest human possible who is, like, jacking off in his trailer before yes, he's about right. to spend time with little children. And then we meet this other character who's, like, I'm going to be a doctor, but, oh, I got to go hang out with my friend who's this very old guy that just got fired from this job. And you're, like, why are these two people friends? This yeah. makes zero sense yeah and then they have this conversation he's like i've loved you since you were since i was a kid and i watched you on tv and i'm just like i still don't buy this it makes no sense to me yeah it was very strange and i we never even really got to the ooga booga of it all it started we never got to karen black (laughs) yeah yeah it it, i it was funny and weird in the way that charles band movies often are funny and weird 
but it was pretty clear pretty quickly that like we were probably about to get into some yeah. like uh, pretty racist territory with how we get to the Ogabuga. Well, because the whole plot is that the guy that's the doctor, he's he's black yeah. and he gets shot by some cops yeah. for like no good reason, uh, and his soul gets transferred into this Ooga Booga doll and he then tries to get revenge. Uh, And so that I was all like, Oh God, no, like this is a movie that's like not taking any of this seriously. And I'm about to then watch like police shoot this guy. Like there was every, I was like, Oh, this is leading up to something that's, I feel like is going to feel really icky. And I just don't know if I can deal with it. It's going to be like clumsily on the wrong side of history by like kind of maybe trying to be smarter than that. Yeah. It's like, no, this isn't this isn't the way yeah. to do this. But I mean, we didn't watch it, so I don't know. Who knows? But uh, yeah, it was just yeah. It, it could was... be very tasteful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it did not get good uh, ratings from what we saw either. But I felt like we should watch it, and I was wrong. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, after that, in 2015, she was in Wild in Blue. Um, while filming his sadistic relationship with a woman, a killer's infatuation with a potential victim forces him to confront his past. Sounds dark. Yeah. And then there are two movies. So she passed away in 2013. There are two movies that are still in post-production um, that she worked on. Um, a Walk Into a Split Mind and then Deadly Tales 4, uh, which I think is supposed to be like straight to video. Uh, but they're both listed on IMDb as post-production. All right. Um. So yeah, she uh, Karen Black uh, died in 2013, um, August 8th. Um, she died in Santa Monica, California, um, from ampullary cancer. Um, she was diagnosed in 2010 and had a third of her pancreas immediately removed. Um, she was declared cancer-free in 2011 and unfortunately rehabbed, relapsed and uh, underwent more surgeries in 2012 and then just did not recover, which is super sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, has, like, you know, a pretty interesting legacy. She's credited as a writer on several shorts and a few features, um, a movie called Charades from 1998, um and uh men starring Sean Ye- Sean Young in oh. 1997 uh and a few of those are also directed by her husband uh Stephen Eckleberry. Uh mm. movie Movies Money Murder was directed by her husband and I guess she was one of the writers on it. Mm. Um Karen Black apparently was in Stevie Wonder's Skeletons music video, okay, which cool. I'm very interested in. Um she uh, was garnered an Academy Award nomination and a Golden Globe for five easy pieces from 1970, which I thought was interesting. Um, her highest ranked actress uh, is the highest ranked actress on the Oracle of Bacon website and 21st overall, uh, which is a internet movie database that determines which actor can be linked the highest to Kevin Bacon. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's that whole Kevin Bacon game people played. Yeah. So she is like one of the highest ranked on okay. there, which I find really hilarious for some reason. Okay. Um, there is a cult glam punk band named after her. Uh, they're the Voluptuous Horror of Karen Black, which okay. is a great name. Um, 
she uh we talked about earlier that she was married like several times um but her last husband uh steve eckerberry her they were both part of the church of scientology boo thumbs down yeah not great um, it was also revealed uh, after she passed away that Karen Black had a daughter from her first husband when she was really young that she mm. had uh, put up for adoption. Um, and I believe that they reconnected um, before she passed away. Okay, that's nice. Yeah. Um, she said, many of the films I did, I just did as a working person for money uh, with which to live. You know which ones they were. <laughs> they were pretty much all mistakes, <laughs> which I think is just uh, a very honest and funny take on being like a genre actress uh, and doing a lot of these uh, different films. Um, she was also really good friends with Peter Fonda, which I don't remember if we talked about or not. Oh, I um, like Peter Fonda. But uh, he talked about her saying she wasn't a conventional looking woman um, and she took that unconventional look and made it interesting and made you want to see more of it. That's an interesting uh, observation about yeah, her. Yeah, because that was a thing I thought about a lot where I, there's something that she does where she just looks like absolutely batshit crazy, but then <laughs> other times does look like this like leading lady mm-hmm. and this like you know, like beautiful actress. And so it's just interesting how she's able to flip that. Yeah. And I think it is because she does have like this unconventional look to her that really stands out uh, and works so well for like so much of the stuff that she, you know, did throughout her career that we talked about. For sure. Um, she was also a singer. Um, so there was a right. collection of never released recordings that Black had left behind. Um, and so they combined all of them and it's called dreaming of you uh songs from 1971 to 1976 uh has 15 vintage songs um along with two tracks recorded just over a decade ago with indie singer-songwriter Cass McCobbs um so yeah kind of kind of an interesting life for for Karen Black yeah I forgot because yeah she had done those songs in that uh that one movie we watched, mm-hmm. uh, The Picks, right? Yeah, and there was, like, an article that popped up, like, I think before we recorded any of her stuff, but I knew we were gonna record Karen Black for this season, and there was just an NPR article that was about, like, Karen Black's, like, collection of songs, and she's dressed up like a cowgirl and everything, and I was like, oh, this is fascinating. I had no idea. i have to look that up. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, yeah, so there are uh, a couple different sources. RogerEbert.com has an interview with her, um, NPR.org, uh, and RollingStones.com, um, oh, as well as The Guardian, um, which I believe The Guardian is actually the one that had the article about her uh, singing career, which is nice. interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it was very exciting to get to uh, investigate her career a little bit because I just sort of knew her from a couple of things. Yeah. She was so distinctive that I, you know, if she kind of lives in my memory as mm-hmm. like an interesting actor. And so it was nice to actually like sit down and really watch some of her movies. Yeah. And I think, I think she's another person I think so much of as like a B movie actress, but like early in her career, she did so mar- much work with like, uh, we talked about Jack Nicholson mm-hmm. and like some of these like filmmakers that we've talked about a couple times um, that like worked with Harry Dean Stanton and like yeah. these other interesting actors in like the seventies. Um, but then also she works with like indie filmmakers later on too. So it, it just is interesting how much uh, different work she she has done besides like the genre stuff. Yeah, and she you know she's another one of these actors that is like probably way more flexible than anybody gives her credit for. Yeah, you know, there's for like sure. so much different stuff that she did. Yeah, cool. 
All right. Um, anything you need to uh, plug or want people to know about? You were just on a podcast. I mean, by the time people hear this, it'll be a, a few weeks yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, I was on Pretty Wild Things podcast talking about Halloween kills. So you can listen to me bitch and moan about <laughs> that. Mostly just sigh and frustration of mm-hmm. not knowing how to comprehend it. Um, you know, I have written plenty of stuff for Movie John this past October. Um, lots of spooky things and festival things. And uh, yeah, I mean, Movie John either at this point has their November, like fall issue out or should soon. So you should also uh, pick that up. Yeah, Tori has an article on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm at that moviejohn.com, J A W N. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on the internet at Philadelphia. It's with an F. Uh, check out my letterbox, where I like to be. Um, and uh, yeah, look up the show on Movie John. Uh, find us on uh, iTunes and Spotify and all those places. Yeah. And do that thing where you subscribe and leave us ratings and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, do that. I also promise I'll check the email at some point. I don't even know if there's actually emails oh there. God, but we probably have so much email. So much email. <laughs> we definitely don't have so much email. But you got to check it. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's get out of here. Buzz, right. buzz. buzz.